0: No, wait a minute. Um, I have to shit myself real quick. Okay, I'm done.
1: Um, (laughs) I have to go purge and not purge, like, I'm gonna go throw up. I have to go purge, like, kill some people. It's purge. Hey, hey, hold so, up. No,
0: you, you you need to bring me and Kareem if you're gonna do that, mister. Yeah. We're but, doing this the smart way. We're robbing a bank, taking the, the money, smart. and telling the government, lol, fuck you. You legalized all crime. That means I'm taking your money.
2: Yeah, we're running up these You know I,
1: I don't <laughs> get why everyone just resorted to killing when you could have just stole money and just fucking went on with your life. Supposedly,
0: you know I mean? it's illegal to actually commit any crimes outside of, like, murder on Purge Night. Oh. Like, you can murder and rape people, but the second you target the government or the financial, it's a no-no, but supposedly. Did, but
2: not us. It's like, yeah, like... I like, well, who do you think they're gonna do it to?
0: I also don't think people would just be so happy to go out and murder and and maim. I feel like they... Yeah would just target the government. Yeah, like, I why feel would like
1: would I... steal before they would, like, I, 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 I think some people would murder, obviously, right. but sure. I think the majority of people
2: would probably steal. Yeah, no, would a I lot of people would much, steal. Yeah.
0: It'd be like Black Friday, except, you know, violent, more violent.
2: Yeah, I was about to say, more kids get trampled.
0: No, I'd come up to Kareem's Wendy's and I'd be like, hey, give me a fucking, oh, uh, what's the lasagna thing I like to call it again, Kareem? You
2: the Italian chicken, uh, sandwich. Yeah, you yeah, have yeah give me
0: ten right of now. those. Give me ten of those I mean, for free I, I'm not going to make
2: them, but... Oh, hell. I, Wait, I, you're I'm, not making them? Oh, I, well, I don't. I'm the, bir- I'm the fry cook slash Oh, well, hey, fry cook, guy.
0: can you tell those crackers to make it
2: for me? I'm hungry. Sure. I'm going to steal, like, oh, yeah. 20 bags of nuggets. Also, can I shit. have a
0: free $20 bill out of your cash register, little Lamell? I, I mean, sure. It's not my money. Wow. Thanks, buddy.
1: <laughs> um, this is the Mystery Meat Podcast. Uh, my name is Ruben, and with me is my two... As any co hosts Robbie and Kareem. Say hi, guys.
0: Uh, I am Beltha Zaragonicus, Von Dorwinian, Tuva Tukaga, the 7th uh, we I've been I, recording
2: I, the whole I, time. Yeah. Uh-oh. Uh, we, we shouldn't be admitting to our crimes. Oh, that's, I do not know funny. what you it's mean. First night. I am my. Um, it's shut, first shut, first oh, night. oh, yeah. Up, oh, yeah. I don't up. know what we're talking about.
0: What are what, you what saying? Shut um, up. Kareem. I don't. I, yeah, Kareem, shut up before you go back in the closet. Um. Anyways, we have three albums to review tonight. Finally, we have gotten to a whole Eminem album album wow fucking finally and it's relapse along with the extended edition on it which is refill we have 47 ursa majoris by written in the sand which i did not put a gun to Cream's head to make him suggest and finally we have run the jewels Two by holy shit run the jewels
1: yeah but the band isn't run the jewels too so the, the joke doesn't really work.
0: okay yeah but their first album has a song on it called run the jewels and the album is called run the jewels and they are called run the jewels so the, the joke would work Yes. you have album damn it
2: yeah just run with the joke Ruben. Uh, whatever
1: whatever (laughs) anyways our first on our list is eminem with relapse so come on boys and gals let's have a barbecue
0: so Relapse is Eminem's sixth studio album and was released in May of 2009. However, Refill would be released in December of that, later that year, and had been... I'll get into that in a second. Relapse was essentially released after Eminem's big hiatus in the 2000s, in a time when generally it seemed like he had retired and he would also almost die. The context around this album, it kind of matters. It starts, my solo series, Rap Genius, among other things, kind of starts way back in 05, uh, we're just with a lot of little controversial stuff that came in that knocked out Eminem's momentum and the shitty record's momentum including the release of Encore and the criticism it received. Eminem's tour bus cra- crashing in 05 and putting a motorcyclist in a serious condition then Eminem checking himself into rehab cancelling his anger management tour in Europe and that's when his rehab visit would be made public and then he would release Curtain Call with the name meant to symbolize him leaving the hip-hop scene. He did state to close to the release that it could be his final thing. This is a slight tangent. So a lot of rappers have announced their retirements only to come back. Jay-Z is a big one who did that. Back on topic though, Obi tries to shot in the head by an unknown drive-by shooter in the December of 2005. He was one of the big stars on Shady and was on the Eminem show along with Encore. Eminem and Kim divorced again in 06 after remarrying a month before. Proop, Eminem's best friend who we've reviewed on this podcast, was uh, murdered in April and he was bare a few days later on the 19th. Miss Swiftie McVeigh, a D12 member, was also later charged for violating probation. And finally, but not least, Eminem almost died in 2007 of a drug overdose. So the run up to this album kind of just had a lot of shit going horribly wrong for Marshall Mathers. And another thing, too, is he did originally plan one last album after Encore called King of Mathers, which was never released. We have some leaks of material from it. But that's it. So yeah, that is sort of the background to Relapse. And I could go more into... For Eminem's background and like, I don't really want to yet. I'd rather do that when we review earlier albums of his. But uh-huh. Relapse was something very, very at release. It was something people were hyped for, and it was also actually a very kind of controversial, polarizing release. First, I want to hear what y'all thought of it. Well,
1: I mean, hard for me not to like it. Since Eminem, like that, his his flow has always been just kind of on point. And when we listen to the album, I think the only thing is is um. I don't know how to exactly word this, but it's kind of like, it really kind of got too much with the obnoxiousness for me i'm not saying like it was really obnoxious but there's some songs where i just felt like it was just really like, just too obnoxious or like it wasn't really it just didn't feel right but i mean other than that like there's really not much to say that won't be said probably by all three of us this is a great album i don't i don't really think like even the songs that i thought were kind of like i would still listen to probably 10 20 times
2: honestly yeah i, I really like this and it, it despite being like it, maybe if this was like some other musician i wasn't like as like into i'd kind of complain about it being two hours but two hours of m i'm not really gonna turn that down i didn't really have any problems with any of the tracks I, I think the only one i really didn't like that much was underground but beyond that i really enjoyed this and it kind of ended up being like a little nostalgic for me because I, I mean i didn't really listen to like m albums like that much but I, i've heard him on the radio and stuff growing up so it's like i'm always used to listening to him in some capacity in my life so i am never
1: yeah you know, i mean like On some level, like he's kind of like that. Uh, like it's weird not hearing him, right? (laughs) You know what I mean? Uh, I mean, he's just been so ingrained in in our lifetime that he's just kind of a fixture there. And when you listen to one of those albums, like even if I think it sucks, I think it's great because I just like Eminem's voice that much. But I get it that not every song of his can be perfect, it's just that I don't think he really has that bad of songs, like at all. Anytime Robbie has shown me a song for him, or I've listened to a song for him. I usually dig it a lot (laughs) yeah yeah, so I have a bit of information on uh, the song forever. The song gained a lot of attention from Eminem fans, especially due to the story behind the song. According to the interview with Kanye West talking about the song, he said, When I heard Eminem's verse on the Drake shit, I went back and rewrote my shit for two days. I canceled appointments to rewrite. Similarly, Lil Wayne rewrote his verse after hearing Eminem's. In response to this, Eminem told Complex, Everybody approached the beat different. For some reason, I felt the beat was double time beat so i rapped faster the track was produced by boy ida i hope i'm saying that right and originally used by cardinal official featuring rock city in early 2008 as bring it back cardinal did not use the song for his album and was later resold to drake he released it in late 2008 as i want this forever featuring Lil wayne and kid kid in an interview cardinal stated that his version was a leaked demo which was supposed to appear on his album not for sale. Sale, and that's for as in the well as a soundtrack the 2009 version of forever features connie west lil wayne and eminem rapper jay-z called it the best posse cut of the decade the song title is derived from the last line of the course. i want this shit forever man that's a really awesome point, honestly
0: yep Yeah. forever was honestly probably one of the bigger songs of that year and i would argue that it was a massive thing for drake's music career as well that said i also have a hot take that I think Lil Wayne's verse was honestly equal to Eminem's, and I think that Drake's verse on that track was the next best one. That said, if I could talk a bit more about Refill, I know we have basically reviewed it with Relapse for this, but Refill was, it's essentially like, for people who know music to be murdered by, it's a side B but for Relapse. Refill was meant to be Relapse too, though, except due to the negative reaction to Relapse, due to the overuse of accents, the album being very horrorcore influenced, Eminem just killed Relapse relapse too so and instead he put out refill which are nine and more tracks uh, for the album entirely though my darling is interesting because originally you could only hear that song on his website when you had the relapse cd in the disc tray on your computer you know when computers had those back in the day um that's crazy So yeah, Eminem has generally viewed Relapse very negatively and a lot of that is because of how people responded to it. I might get shit for this, but Eminem tends to be sort of sensitive with his albums, which I think is somewhat fair considering he is is a creator and he's putting his uh, soul into this. With Relapse, he has never wanted to revisit it. He's never really spoken positively of it. He kinda has recently, but he still says he kinda overdid the accents. And you know, if I had any criticism of this album, I would would agree that yeah he did overdo the accents um i think kareem's full of shit because i love underground the song i kind of see as a skip i'm sorry kareem (laughs) the song i kind of see as a skip is insane but i i don't think it hurts the album really it's just a really weird zany song about something that didn't actually happen to him that said though overall i think the album is really good it's produced some of his best songs like careful what you wish for my darling beautiful underground in Stay Wide Awake, Same Song and Dance, 3AM. Just in general, I think this is a classic rap album. I think this is a classic as far as Eminem's discography goes. And also with the album cover, too. I think that is one of the best album covers in rap in general. I mean, just the way they did it. Because not only do they have like the name and everything else in how you would see on a... It's a format on a pill bottle. But then they have his face basically made out of pills. And I don't know, I just find that really cool.
2: Yeah, I, I love it. It's pretty Sick. Do we want to move into ratings?
0: I'm going to give this a 10, as is probably expected.
2: Yeah, I'm going to give this a 10 also because I enjoyed this. I had fun listening to this. I'll
0: probably listen to it again. Uh, real
1: quick, that song, Same Song and Dance, the way he says the, the line, Same Song and Dance, it kind of runs through my head <laughs> like, all the time. <laughs> uh, but I'm going
0: to give it a 10 out of 10.
2: All right, what's the overall rating?
0: That is a 10 out of 10 Absolutely overall popping. mysterious meat sticks. Wow, that's our yeah. first yeah, 10 since Scary Jokes earlier this year, excluding yeah, the video 10 game 10 music 10. of course. So, hey Kareem, I didn't put you at gunpoint to review this album, so tell me um what you found about it on your own, haha. Yeah,
2: tee hee. So, Written in the Sand was an indie rock band from Chicago and they were formed in 2001. The founder was Mike Perkins, who before making this band was part of an emo punk band called Sig Transit Gloria that had some decent success on the same label uh, that Written in the Sand was on. It's called Johan's Face Records and they did a bunch of different little punk bands uh, under that label around the time. And after Mike Perkins, we have Nathaniel J. Mestek, Nelson Murray. Christopher Callis, and Daniel Jugle, or Jugle, I think. I'm not entirely sure. And this is their one and only album, as written in the sand, called 47 Ursae Majoris, and it came out in 2002. And we don't really have that much from this band after this. We have, like, one track on a compilation album called Herbs in Horto, a Chicago indie pop compilation that came out in 2002. Three. The track's called UFO Disaster. But uh, in 2003, they also broke up. So <laughs> that's kind of uh, where the band's story uh, for the most part ends. Uh, and after that, Daniel Juglay went to be part of an electronic band called The Chandeliers. And I-, I was listening to some of their stuff when I was researching this. And I, I think they are pretty interesting. I'm probably going to give them a deeper look later at some point. But I, I like how what they were doing. But uh, sadly, he passed in 2018. And it, moving back to the album, I, I really liked this. And I, I think it was cute. What, what, what do you guys think?
0: So I mostly know this album because Arachnophobia was a song on, holy shit, it keeps coming back, The Rio Karma. It was a default song on it. I'm not sure I actually liked the entire thing as a kid. I know I liked the opening to it before the vocals. That said, I enjoyed the album, and I think a lot of that was with nostalgia and because I liked the album cover. It's a very fun little album. It's I, I think it's something special for 2000. 2002 honestly and I kind of wish we got more from them outside of just the other song I think a lot of the guys behind it were all really talented and I wouldn't mind looking into their other projects and the like I-, I say I like the album a lot but the issue is I don't know if I really have a lot to say it
1: yeah I would say it was a cute album I enjoyed some of it but most of it it was just kind of um Teenagerish or just a little like cliche? I don't know. It was very uh yeah, quirky yeah it was very quirky for me and sometimes the quirkiness got too much and i feel like it
2: was something
1: that i would have saw like uh or like i would have heard on MySpace space
0: or something like that
2: <laughs> I, I think i kind of get what you mean i you mean know,
1: 2002
0: like, would have been my space perfect my space time yeah yeah
1: perfect my space time 2002 man i had a my space i would probably I, back then i probably would have rocked it honestly but not nowadays it's just a little too much for me i i, I wasn't the biggest fan of it, but I'm not going to say that it was a, it was a bad album, because it really wasn't, because I'm sure that there's people out there that really enjoy that kind of sound, you know, and have that forever young kind of sound to them.
2: Yeah, I, I think for me, this is like, I enjoy it, but like it's just kind of like, I wouldn't listen to this sort of sound every day, you know what I mean? I think it's like, if I want a song that kind of maybe cheers me up a little, puts me in a good mood, I'd probably put this song, because I really like their energy. I, I feel like you can kind of tell in some of the tracks that they really had fun making this, and I, I like that
0: so w- I'm going to sound a bit hypocritical here first I'm not going to be because I want to give a bit more on their background they were in the Chicago underground like punk new wave scene back in the early 2000s and actually their record label which is still around was founded there in 89 and I think it's an interesting look at some Chicago artists that said I think if this thing were released today I would hate it because you know it is that kind of Twitter or Tumblr type quirky thing that personally I generally do not enjoy it feels kind of random at times and i think a lot of the reason i like it is because i am nostalgic for the 2000s because that's when i grew up that's when i heard arachnophobia and so for me it's kind of a glimpse back then when i was a kid playing a gamecube or xbox or early fucking wow or whatever that because like i get ruben's com- um criticism of it i think it's perfectly valid because you know yeah it's a kind of kiddie album yeah it's not bad but honestly it's very i don't know because honestly what it reminds me of is sort of a coming of age in a sense
1: yeah i guess you know like you remember back in the day uh at least back in the week like, it reminds me of like listening to like Disney Channel song, almost. But, like, the ones that they released that weren't, like, part of the shows, they were, like, actually the albums and stuff like yeah, that. It has they kind of sound
2: like that. Yeah, it's very, like, teen movie. Like, I could see this as a soundtrack for one of those, like, sort of films.
0: I could, too, honestly, because, like, I didn't think Disney with it. I actually thought maybe something closer to Cartoon Network, maybe, or, like, some kind of cartoon yeah, music. I could see But it. otherwise, yeah, I agree. It fit in, like, a kid's
2: movie. I can imagine yeah. someone, like, skateboarding to this, <laughs> like, I, I can't help but, like, get that imagery in my head. You
1: know, uh, it, it reminds me also of, like, what was that movie? It was, like, with Amanda Bynes. It was, like, She's the Man or something like that.
2: Oh, I I, uh, I remember. I just don't know the name. Yeah, like, I
1: feel like one of their songs should be, like, in one of her movies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but when she was still active and not, you know, went crazy.
0: <laughs> that said, I will restate, I think the album cover is adorable. And I do own a physical copy of the album just because I like collecting, you know, music scenes CDs because, again, I'm nostalgic for the 2000s because that's when I was a kid. And I do not care about vinyl. That is my hot take. Um, Do we want to do ratings before I get stabbed?
2: Yeah, let's let's go into ratings before I kill you.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> If this were on vinyl, I would probably get it there, too. I will admit that. I'm going to rate it a 9, honestly.
1: If the album produced uh, a gold bar for me, I would
2: probably rate it a 10 out of 10.
1: But sadly, it doesn't. So I'm only rating it a, a 7
2: out of 10. Uh, Now I'll give it a nine. I'd probably listen to some of this again. So that's
0: an 8.3 out of 10 Mystery Meat Sticks. I I think that's a pretty fair rating for it, and I do wish they had made a second or third album. Yeah. The fact they didn't, though, I don't know. It's just me being nostalgic. (laughs) Hey, Ruben, you want to tell us about Run the Jewels?
2: Two.
1: Yeah. The Paragon of the Chicken House. (laughs) So picture this. I'm I'm a a bag of dicks.
0: (laughs) 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 Oh,
1: okay. Okay, So Run The Jewels, also known by the initials RTJ, is an American hip-hop super duo composed of Brooklyn-based rapper, producer LP and a Latin-based rapper Killer Mike. And now I would like to just kind of like tell you guys a bit about both of these before we move on to the album because uh, both of these artists have a pretty extensive career in the rap game. So first we're going to start with LP, better uh, or known as Jamie Meline. LP is the shortened version of his last stage name, which is El Producto. He is an American rapper, songwriter, and record producer. He started his career uh, as a member of Company Flow. So LP, he's contributed many many people's albums and he's even uh contributed like guest rhymes to different albums contributed to aesop rock evil 9 dj crush mers cage mr lift perfuse 73 del the funky homo sapien that's that's really funny i'm you know what mark that down we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna review that guy <laughs> mike lad he made deltron 3000 and it's really good mike lad the high and mighty jedi mind tricks i say alone atmosphere, techno animals, and um, God, I don't want to say this but Das Racist that's that's an artist I guess he collaborated with Yes that's a rap group Okay that's a rap group I've never heard of that rap group Das, das Racist insert the clip Okay <laughs> He uh collaborated with Alec Empire on the first Handsome Boy Modeling School album and with Cage and Chino Marino on the second who selected along with DJ Shadow to work on Rage Against the Machine Frontman Zach de la Rocha's solo album which never materialized he has provided remixes for the likes of beans of any pop consortium beck Placalicious, Ed automatica hot heat dizzy rascal sid matters nine inch nails oh my god push button objects rob sonic tv on the radio lord And Yasushio, among others, he has an extensive list working with other people that have been in the hip-hop scene. I mean, uh, Rage Against Machine, that's crazy because Rage Against Machine was more rock than rap, but it still had a heavy influence of rap and hip-hop. But Nine Inch Nails kind of blows me back, honestly, that he was part of him. He helped Trent Reznor because that's basically Nine Inch Nails. And enough about LP, let's go on to Killer Mike, which is the Atlanta-based rapper. So Killer Mike, or Michael Santiago Render, rapper, actor, and actor list. Mike made his debut on OutKast uh, 2000's LP, Stankonia, and later appealed on their Grammy-winning single The Whole World, with their greatest hits album, Big Boy and Dre present OutKast. He has since released five full-length albums as a solo artist. He's the founder of Grind Time Official Records, which he launched through SMC and Fontana Distributions. So, I mean, these guys have been in the game for a while. It's crazy that I never heard of them until they formed their group, Run the Jewels, honestly. So basically, to catch you guys all up, Run the Jewels, how it was formed, LP, he was active professionally in music since the early 1990s and also Killer Mike, just like we said, he was an outcast for an album and he was also uh, on one of their hit songs. So this is kind of strange, but the duo were first introduced to each other by Cartoon Network executive Jason DiMarco in 2011. LP later produced Mike's 2012 album R.A.P. Music, which is rap music, which was soon followed by Mike's appearance on the track Tougher, Colder, and Killer from lp's 2012 album cancer for cure when rap music and cancer for cure were released within weeks of each other the two d- decided to tour together the success of the tour eventually led to the decision of to form run the jewels which is a duo taken their name from a lyric in the 1990 ll cool j song cheesy rap blues <laughs> that's that's funny but it kind of gets me that the executive of Cartoon Network basically introduced each other to them. Yeah. you wouldn't really think about that, honestly. <laughs> At least I wouldn't. But yeah, so they've released about four albums so far. All of them except the last one, our name, Run the Jewels. So it's Run the Jewels, Run the Jewels 2, Run the Jewels 3. And then the last one is RTJ, uh, RTJ4. RTJ Oh, my God. So, yeah. <laughs> they even, well, they even have a parody remix album called Mal the Jewel. And it was released for free featuring beats created entirely from Cat Sounds. <laughs> so, yeah, they, they, they've, done a, they've done that. That's a thing. But Run the Jewels 2 is basically their second studio album. And there really isn't much that I really want to go into except that I really enjoyed their flow. I really enjoyed their dynamic. I feel like I've been on them a little bit too long, so I'm going to try to wrap it up here for myself. But yeah, I feel like they flow together very well. They have very good synergy, very good synergy, and I think their voices really complement each other. I think the only thing is maybe some of the beats were kind of like meh for me, and some of the Ryans were just like, eh, that's kind of funny, or like it was like, eh. But most of it, I really enjoyed. I really thought the synergy, was great. I thought flow was great. I thought the Ryan, was, the Ryan scheme was great as well. I would like your guys' thoughts.
0: So, I think one of the reasons they blew up with Run the Jewels so well was because Run the Jewels 1, 2, and I believe 4 were all released for free. Like, back when Run the Jewels 1 was released, they just put that shit on Dat Pip like it was a mixtape. Which, you know, you had high quality mixtapes. A lot of them weren't this high quality generally. So, this was kind of a big deal. And yeah, both were big names in the underground scene. Killer Mike had been on Stankonia, like Ruben said. And LP, yeah, people knew who LP was in New York rap and stuff. I kind of liked the album. It's not terrible. I liked Killer Mike a lot more than LP. I agree they have synergy, but really I want to hear more. Killer Mike constantly with this. I think the production was honestly the best part of the album. Also, I think the features were interesting. They have Travis Barker on here. They have Gangsta Boo on here and she is, or was notable because of her uh, work with 3-6 Mafia and as being one of the bigger names in Memphis Rap. Also, Travis Barker, if you need a reminder, was in the Aquabats. Yeah, that's the only reason he's (laughs) (laughs) famous <laughs> <laughs> haha anyways um they have another guy on here as a feature called boots i don't know who he is i kind of uh, some of it at times sort of sounded very like typical alternative rap in other times it felt a bit too lyrical miraculously but in general i think it's a really good project i think it stands out yeah, but it still makes me want to hear more killer mike i like killer mike i think he's a cool guy what do you think
2: i i never really heard of run the jewels before this so i I didn't really know what to expect but i I mean i really i I like this i like most of this the only songs i really had issue with were jeopardy and I, I'm not sure if I like love again but I, I still would probably listen to it again it's got it's got some charm and what really stood out to me was the instrumentals cause I actually really enjoyed the instrumentals for a lot of the tracks I, I like their like the aggressive and electronic style you're doing for a, a lot of them and I do like that uh, when they rap I like their flow and I would like to hear more of this in the future I, I think that this was pretty solid album i would probably listen to it again and i would listen to the, the the rest of the run the jewels saga so you know one three four and all of them you know and me out and me out of, of, yeah. of course that course that one. Yeah,
1: that's, that's the most important one we have to we have to review meow the out
2: <laughs> yeah we should
1: <laughs> so uh should we go on to the ratings yeah let's go on to the ratings i'm gonna start off i'm gonna give this album an eight out of ten and the only reason i'm giving it out of time is just because what i said earlier is some of the beats were not to me but uh most of it was pretty great and i think that's a very solid very good rating for them
2: yeah and i'll also give this an a because i really don't think my opinion's all that different from yours i, I think this is pretty solid i do think that like eh, i I only had issue with like maybe two songs but out of an 11 track album i think that's still pretty fucking good and I- i'm curious to see more so it ain't
0: I'm going to give it an 8. Um, Despite my kind of, I think, harsher criticism of it than you two, I do think it's still a solid project, and I can see why people liked it. I think I may just not be that into alternative rap again, but no, I think it's good. So that's an overall 8 out of 10 uh, Mystery Meat Sticks.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, I love that.
0: that's like oh meow, meow,
1: <laughs> meow the jewels. Yeah, <laughs> even the appetizing process of broiling
0: the hamburgers is fun and promotes friendship and good fellowship. So oh. for next week, I'm gonna start this one off. If that's okay, we're gonna go back to obscure music from me because why the fuck not? I'm going to be suggesting for a review "Charm" by Strange Boutique.
2: All right, and uh, I'm gonna choose "Modal Soul" by New I, I usually try to listen through albums <laughs> when I suggest them, but this one I I don't I, I have not mm-hmm. I, I only listened to a little bit of it, and I I've heard of New Jobes before, and I know he's definitely like considered a pretty good rapper and artist. So I'm I'm curious to see what he's got.
1: I'm gonna be doing Higher Truth by Chris Cornell, and that's his fourth studio album. This is one of his uh, solo albums, so it's with uh, neither Soundgarden or Audio Slit. Hey, wait, but who's Chris Cornell? Yeah,
2: who is that guy? We never talked about him before. But, oh yeah, um, we, we, we we What's audio that? slave?
1: <laughs> you know, uh, I think this would be the last podcast. Episode <laughs>
0: <on my> <laughs> <video>. <laughs> yeah
2: okay all right so uh make sure oh, yeah. to subscribe if yeah, you enjoy the content ring the bell yeah, tell us what you think about these albums if you listen to them
1: and uh don't worry we are gonna review mal the jewels here soon <laughs> probably before anything it was probably gonna be a 10 out of 10 meow pause i'm i'm not consenting to this okay bye no!